Welcome to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. In this podcast, we go deep into mining news, hot topics, and live interviews with mining professionals and leading figures in the mining industry. Introducing your host, Rob Tyson, founder and director of Mining International and Mining International Executive, a leading global mining recruitment and headhunting agency. Hi, mining community. Welcome back to another episode of the Dig Deep, the mining podcast. And today's guest is Prashant Chintawa, who's the MD and CEO of Vault Resources, who are a critical minerals and battery metals um, company listed on the ASX and are an established graphite producer with an operating mine in Ukraine and a developer of a wholly owned project in Tanzania, uh, which is one of the largest graphite deposits in the world. Um, Volt acquired interest in three gold projects in Guinea, West Africa, and, and three licensed applications in Serbia. Uh, that are, They are prospective for lithium borax mineralization. Um, PC is an entrepreneur, uh, global business leader, with a track record of creation and scaling up uh, new specialist material, battery material businesses, uh, growing existing chemical businesses, um, product, profit, and loss management, negotiating and structuring deals, um, and is here today to tell a little bit more about Vault Resources, um, obviously the projects they're involved in, and more around the uh, battery industry. So that's welcome, uh, PC, to the uh, podcast. How are you doing, PC? I'm doing wonderful, Rob, and thanks for inviting me, and I'm very delighted to be here on the podcast. Yeah, appreciate your time in, uh, uh, and obviously going to tell us uh, more about obviously Volt uh, resources and obviously more about the battery industry. Um, but before we before we kick off all of that, I wonder if you can just tell us a little bit about about yourself. As I mentioned, you're an entrepreneur. You've been involved in obviously a, a number of different businesses. So I just want to tell our audience a little bit about about yourself and about your career. Absolutely. Thank you. So my background is actually in battery materials, electric vehicles, specialty chemicals. Uh, In fact, I started working in the EV industry, even when it was really not an industry as such back in late 90s. Um, So to summarize, essentially, during my, I would say, 25 years of professional career, I have created businesses, we have scaled up the businesses, managed very large product P&L centers, and generally grown businesses in variety of scenarios, in variety of uh, markets and applications. So I consider myself to be really an entrepreneur because I have spent a significant amount of time in small startup scenario, but I also have significant background and work experience working with some of the largest companies on the world, such as BASF, Honeywell, and Dow Chemicals of the world. Okay, great. Um, so I wanted to give us uh, a, an overview and the vision for uh, Vault Resources. Absolutely. Okay. So, Rob, first and foremost, I would like to I like to think that we're not only in very unique position; we're actually very fortunate, and I'll tell you why. So, Vault is one of the very few. I believe there are no more than twelve or. 14 uh, graphite companies in existence today, and I'm talking about ex-China. So one of of those very few established graphite producers with an operating mine in Ukraine, and possibly one of the largest graphite resource on the planet, which is in Tanzania. Uh, 
So in addition to that, obviously, we do have some interest in the lithium borate uh, project in Serbia and gold project in, in Guinea. But I'd like to think these two graphite projects, essentially the assets as the foundation. And what we want to do is essentially build a business based on this graphite assets, based on this foundation. And our vision is to really become an integrated supplier of natural graphite anode material to this very dramatically, very rapidly growing electric vehicle, energy storage battery industry with specific focus on North America and Europe. Um, I, I know that you've got a graphite mine on uh, Europe's doorstep that has been in production for over a century. Um, so I just wonder if you just tell us a little bit more about that graphite project. Right, right. No, that is absolutely true. So um, first and foremost, I do want to tell your audience that despite the geopolitical situation in Europe, in Ukraine specifically, our people and our assets in Ukraine are safe. That's very important for us. Safety is part of our DNA. It's everything that we do has to revolve around safe operation. So Zevalency graphite, which is this graphite asset that Volt acquired back in 2021, is about 65 kilometers from the Moldova border, about 300 kilometers from the conflict zone. So that may explain why we're kind of relatively safe. So this may be the reason why we actually were able to successfully complete our first production campaign back in May of this year. And we produced, I believe, 1,000 ton, 1,015 ton to be precise. And over the next four months, five months before the year is over, we will have two more production campaigns. On top of that, the Zawalenski was recently announced as a strategic resource by the European Commission, by European Raw Material Alliance, because it's one of the only two operating graphite mines in Europe. On top of that, as you know, there's a critical mineral act, and we expect the continued attention on this uh, on this asset on this project. So to summarize, essentially, Zawalenski is really producing graphite today. Um, although it's not really producing it in 24-7 continuous fashion, it is in production. We are generating revenue by selling this graphite to multiple customers that we have been serving over the past several decades. And most importantly, Zawalenski is really part of Gold's growth strategy going forward. So this goes back to what I said in the vision statement, we want to be a supplier, a key supplier to this growing battery industry in North America and Europe. So we know for sure by we are discussing with multiple customers, several European customers are banking on this asset um, as a part of their growth strategy, as a part of their supply chain. So we're very delighted to be delighted to have made this acquisition and the investors or shareholders or stakeholders can expect continued press releases, continued update on how we're doing on that asset. Yeah. Um, obviously you've got an operating mine in Ukraine. What are some of the challenges, obviously, over the last few years since, obviously, things things have happened uh, with Ukraine? What, what are some of the challenges that you've faced as, a, as an organization operating, obviously, in the country? Right, right. Yeah, so as I just said, uh, definitely there are challenges because of the geopolitical situation there. First and foremost, the, the reliability of the power, um, as you can imagine, because of the events over the past uh, 16, 18 months or so, the power grid is not extremely reliable. So that's one issue that we have to deal with. 
And second issue is also the supply chain reliability, simply because we have a global supply chain, not, not only are our customers global, for, for, but for the valency graphite, we also get key ingredients, raw materials from suppliers overseas. So that supply chain has also been disturbed because of, because of obviously the war. So these are the two top things that come to my mind, but I do want to comment that the surveillance kit team really has done a great job of overcoming these challenges and continuing to show the progression in the production, getting to the production level, and eventually starting 2024, significantly higher production levels as the demand picks up. Um, as I mentioned in, in the introduction, you also have a large graphite uh, resource in Tanzania. Um, just wondering, if you just tell us a little bit more about that and what stage you are at with that project. Correct, correct, right. So the second pillar of our foundation is obviously this Bunyu graphite project in Tanzania, right? So to put things in perspective, Rob, the Bunyu project has 461 million tons of graphite ore resource making it one of the largest in the world. Um, in fact, we have only explored about 6% of the area. Um, so the real resource size of the Bunyu in terms of the graphite ore could be significantly higher than the number that I just quoted, 461 million tons. Um, we did the feasibility study on this mine back in 2018, um, and we're committed to releasing the update on that study in the next two to three weeks could be actually sooner than that. Um, what I'm really excited about is the team really seems to have done a great job uh, in terms of keeping the capital cost and the operating cost under control, despite obviously the cost inflation, despite the rising interest rate that you see going from 2018 to 2023. So again, we will be releasing this study in the next two to three weeks, but I remain, I'm very hopeful that the new numbers will be as good, if not better, than what we published in terms of the project uh, return on investment and not net present value and other information. On the commercial side, since the beginning of 2023, we have actually secured two binding of text for this Bunyu project. One is with a company called GraphX, which is listed uh, both on the New York Stock Exchange and also on the Hong Kong Stock Exchange. So they are going to be taking the fine graphite material and the coarse graphite coming from this Bunyu Tanzania mine will be sold to a company called Baixing Qingda out of China, which is also one of the largest graphite, uh, graphite processors. So all in all, we have the two binding off texts. We will be releasing the feasibility study in the next three weeks. And obviously the next step will be securing the financing for this project and which we are extremely hopeful with everything that we're doing, all the dialogues we're having underway with multiple agencies, multiple partners, we will we expect to secure that financing in the next few months. Um, you're based in the, in the US and I, I recently read that Volt have obviously got big plans there to capture the upside from processing your graphite uh, to yeah. obviously produce the, the battery anodes. Um, can you just tell us a little bit more about those plans? Absolutely, right, right. So if you were, let's take put things in perspective all here. So if you really look into what US government and also the industry really, they also deserve the credit has done over the past say 12 months, 16 months, 18 month timeframe. So on the policy side, you have this Inflation Reduction Act, bipartisan infrastructure law, 
So essentially combination of various financial incentives in the terms of grants or loans going directly to the industry to set up these production plants. So we're not only talking about making the electric vehicles, but the entire supply chain to, uh, to supply to that electric vehicle production, whether it's battery, cell production, or the components, the chemicals that go inside of the battery. So all those things put together, essentially what has given to rise to this dramatically growing the gigafactory footprint in North America. So that map essentially keeps changing every every month, every two months, every quarter now. And now we're talking about multi-trillion dollar installed capacity in as early as 2030. So obviously all this, these are really gigantic seismic changes for the entire transportation sector. So these will really have a dramatic impact, not only for the next few years, maybe for next several decades to go. So these are all good things. So the gigafactory installation and operation in North America is a great thing for us because we want to be close to our customers. We want to have our natural graphite anode plants over here in US. So I expect our first production plant will be based in US. Um, and I expect that plant to come online in I would say two to three year time frame, sometime around, sometime around 2026. We have announced certain partnerships for this production plant, which were announced back in October of last year, and we'll be securing additional customer agreements for this particular plant uh, over the next several months. So the goal is to really have at least 60, 70% of the plant sold out before we actually start fabricating and start putting together the, uh, the start bringing the plant online. Um, what is the big opportunity here in obviously providing um, battery anode supply uh, chain. Um, just wondering if you can just tell us a little bit what you're seeing on the coal face in the US right now in terms of obviously the battery industry. Um, and obviously, I suppose you can also talk about some of the relevant, relevant experience within the sector uh, with some of your insights. Absolutely. No, no, this is true, Rob. Um <laughs> This is when, as they say in America, this is when the rubber meets the road, right? Yeah. This is when all your PowerPoints <laughs> have to actually yield <laughs> some real plant which real operates in the real world. So I consider battery materials, whether it's this anode, cathode, electrolyte, separator, they are all, in my assessment, in my opinion, these are specialty chemicals. And the truth about specialty chemicals, Rob, is that industrialization is never easy. Um, for one simple reason, the quality standards that the customers have, whether it's LG Chem or Samsung of the world, the battery companies are very stringent with very little room for discussion or negotiation simply because the performance of their product is largely governed by the performance of the various components that go inside the battery. So what I have learned, because I work, this is not my first foray working in the battery industry. So several things we have learned, and these are some hard experience. Sometimes these can be very expensive experiences. So one is what works in lab, or sometimes even in the pilot scale, may or actually may not work at the industrial scale. That simply the specialty chemicals is uh, it's very well known for that. Uh, specifically, when you go out to the industrial scale, your yield, your production yield can be lower. There could be, there could be, there will be actually quality challenges that you simply cannot anticipate, and you have to address those issues as you come across those issues. 
Secondly, um, especially in specialty chemicals where you're really trying to make one product which has certain specification in terms of uh, technical parameters, it has to be really, it has to fit into somebody else's bigger picture, right? So it's like uh, putting a piece of the puzzle together. So no matter how great you are, that piece of the puzzle has to match with the rest of the puzzle. That's the story. So you really have to talk to the customer, the voice of customer. And sometimes this can be uncomfortable dialogues, but you have to talk to the customer because in the battery industry, you don't have a luxury of developing product in vacuum without a customer input. So you simply don't have that luxury. Um, thirdly, I would say the collaboration or the learning culture is a must because as I said, it's highly likely that when your plant comes online, it's not going to be running at full uh, capacity. Is your yield is likely to be less than 90%, sometimes even less than 80%. And especially with the anode materials, remember the, the all the knowledge, experience, the market share is still in China today, more than 90%. So don't assume that you know everything because that still is in China. So you have to have a learning culture. And last but not least, I mean, it's absolutely critical to have a team with a real world experience. People who have built products, people who have scaled up products, companies which have taken the build these, uh, build these plants. And as you know, back in March of this year, we made an announcement that we're working with Worley Engineering, one of the very reputed engineering company with a significant experience in the graphite sector uh, to design a plant. So I think I would say it's a combination of several things, but um, it's <laughs> you have to learn and you have to adjust your adjust your plan and be very open to open to criticism from the customers. Yes, certainly. Um, what will Volk look like towards the end of this uh, decade? I suppose, what, what is your vision over the next six, seven years? <laughs> That's a good question, Rob. So if I were to look into the crystal ball, um, as I said, I mean, I consider myself to be fortunate. I consider world to be fortunate because of the assets, because we have, because of the industry that we are in, right? Because... There are certain things which are simply beyond our control. The industry growth is not within our control, right? Um, so we're fortunate there's a lot of talent. So if I were to look into 2030, which is really just a few years down the road, um, I expect at least two, possibly three, um, natural graphite anode production plants. So we will have at least one in North America, we'll have at least one in Europe, um, and they will be running at full capacity, in my opinion, and we will be actually one of the one of the leading integrated natural graphite anode suppliers to this battery industry. Um, at the same time, um, we had two assets, the Ukraine and the Tanzania, which should be which will be completely brought online by 2030. And I expect the combined output, the graphite output, exceeding about 200,000 tons by 2030 from Ukraine plus the, plus the Tanzania plant. So that's, I would say, on the more on the our production side. I also want, this is extremely important for me and my team, I also really want the world to be known as a company that delivers on its promises. Uh, this industry is growing very rapidly. Um, and people are bound to make mistakes, 
And it is possible that we may actually also learn, make few mistakes as part of learning curve. But at the end of the day, I want Volt to be known for a company that makes promises and delivers on its promises. That's extremely important for me. And last but not least, uh, we didn't really get a chance and we did not go deep, um, Rob, into our uh, ESG, our in terms of our sustainability program, sustainability profile. But I really want Volt to be known as not as just another good corporate citizen or an okay corporate citizen. I want us to be known as an excellent corporate citizen. This is really important because remember our two assets, one in Tanzania and another in Ukraine, they are both in the developing parts of the world. They are not exactly in Berkeley, California. <laughs> so we really want to make sure that these communities, they grow, they develop as bold as a company matures and develop. So this really, we I really want to make sure that this is a win-win situation. We're not winning at the cost of community. We want them to win with us, along with us, and grow along with us. So that's kind of my wish list in terms of what world should look like six, seven years from today. Yeah. And lastly, what's the outlook for the remainder of this year? And what else would you like to share with our audience? Absolutely right. So let's start with the upstream, which is the Ukraine. So Ukraine, we completed one production campaign, would have completed two, I'm sorry, total three by the end of the year. That's some. That's a commitment we have made. We will fulfill that commitment. Second commitment we have made to the market is the Bunyu project, the Tanzania project. We would have secured the financing and we will meet that commitment. And on the downstream side, we had talked about getting this feasibility study done, getting the not only preferably securing the financing for our downstream, but at least having a pathway to securing the financing. And we're committed to doing that. So those are the three, four major milestones that I see in addition to some corporate milestones, such as launching our uh, ESG programs, continuing to manage the cost, uh, in our, um, to be aligned with our, to, uh, aligned with our uh, revenue and other expectations in the market. So those are the commitments we have made and we will fulfill those commitments. PC, thank you for your time. Thank you for telling us about um, Bolt Resources and some of the projects that you're obviously working on. Um, obviously wish you well for the remainder of the year and subsequent, subsequent years ahead. Um, obviously battery, Battery materials is uh, obviously is important in our mining industry. Um, so, yeah, wish you well for the remainder of this year and ongoing. If our audience wants to follow yourself, follow your company and your journey, how can they go about doing that? What social media platform channels are you on? So Volt obviously has its own website. On top of that, we're very active both on the Twitter and uh, Twitter and LinkedIn. So we encourage our uh, our shareholders, our stakeholders, our fans to follow us on the social media. Yeah, no worries. We'll include those in the the show notes of companies uh, episode anyway. So thank you for thank you very much for your time, uh, and audience. Hope you enjoyed that episode. Uh, please share this amongst others in our industry, no matter where you are around the world. Um, again, some uh, an important important episode around uh, the future of uh, battery materials, which is obviously needed for our green revolution. So appreciate your continued support. And until next time, happy mining. Thank you for listening. Remember to reach out to Rob via the show notes and be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Until next time, 
Happy Mining, helping each other to improve the mining industry.